All right, let's do this. <coughs> Boy, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Outpost, a podcast about inspired thinking. I'm Lacey, and I've got Tom, I've got Jared, I've got Krista. Tom, you got us. Yes. How are you today? Very honored that I'm the one you asked. I know. That's my be. answer. Okay. That's how I'm doing. You're doing honored. I'm doing honored. I like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Let's jump into community questions. And Krista, you can't ask the second one. I said can't Don't ask. Don't ask it. <laughs> All right. You may ask it, but do not ask it. Okay. <laughs> So you get the first one. What do we got today? Our first community question is, what would you do if you knew you could do it? Climb more trees. High. Up real high in the trees. Oh, that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. What's stopping you from doing it? My mother. Uh, Watching me (laughs) almost die falling out of a tree when I was younger. So I was like probably 20 feet up in a tree. And uh, they're they're like pretty thin uh, in the trunk. And I asked, I like hollered for Lacey and her boyfriend to like come over to the grove of trees where I was. And I was like, look at me. And I leaped from one tree to the other. And I had done this in my own personal time, probably three, my demise. three or four times in my own personal time. And, uh, you know, she and he are right there. And I leap and my, my foot does not make purchase. And then I remember falling like towards the ground. And I remember my head being the thing closest to the ground like I was falling head first and then I just remember like sort of accepting it and then I got caught on my leg like there was a, a branch yes. and, I was just, and I was just like hanging caught by one leg <laughs> it's an angelic branch I don't think I remember you that. don't remember that oh my goodness where was it where were it we? was the the house on 299th street hmm no it's gone I have no I have no memory of this I'm yeah. sorry well, I mean, the thing that I was going to do if I knew that I could do it, you know, might have been foreshadowed by my first story. And that's literally like all parkour, uh, any any flips and physical tricks. OK, I want to change mine to parkour. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, from from the from the beginning of my of my conscious experience, I have imagined myself like running and climbing and jumping every surface that's like going by as I'm driving. Or Is I'm it in the Spider-Man car. inspired? I, I mean, who freaking knows? I bet it but is. I think that's just b- being a child inspired. Hmm. But it's t- like I did it on the way here today. Like I did, <laughs> I do it every day. <laughs> I remember very vividly as a kid sitting in big places where like I as a kid had nothing to do, like church or whatever. And like you're in this big room and all these adults are doing something. And I would stare at the rafters and just imagine myself like leaping from one to the mm. other or swinging between them or like yeah. having some epic battle up there mm-hmm. and was very much up there and not in reality. Yes. I also remember when I was a kid, similar thing, um, wh- having watched The Land Before Time, where, where they would fight each other and they would like run into rocks and they would break and all this. Ooh, yeah. I mm-hmm. would set up the cushions in the living room on the end. So the cushions were like stones. Mm-hmm. And then I would charge across the living room and ram into these <laughs> things and they would break. And I would love to see little Tom doing that. I mean, big Tom would do it too if we really want me to. Okay. okay. <laughs> what about you, Krista? What would you do? Well, I almost do it. And it is just the, the knowing that I can't or not knowing that I can that stops me. Okay. When I go on a hike and I'm at the top in this beautiful like outlook and the wind is blowing and I just outstretch my arms and I can just feel the, the wind and I can just feel that I could just take off and fly. Uh-huh. And I would fly up above and, th- and through the, the valley and all these things that I see. 
pretty sure I could do it. Like 99% sure that if I if I leapt, I would fly. Uh-huh. It's just that 1% that keeps me. Uh-huh. So I haven't done it yet. I don't know. I like that 1%. Maybe we I feel like, to Krista, it. You're, it's you very important fly. for you <laughs> to, like, maintain a really healthy relationship with, like, substance abuse. <laughs> because I feel like... Like, with just the right tweak, you could take away all these barriers, then you would just be dead immediately. Uh-huh. Like, so keep that in mind. Yes, this okay. is me. No, no, no substances. Uh, I can fly. Our older brother David actually had a, had a, a, a near-death flying experience. He was like, uh, maybe... Aren't all flying experiences near-death experiences true? What, when he, he jumped, when he wanted to jump he, off the, exactly. the roof? Yeah, he was like wearing a Superman cape and he like climbed up on the roof, young kid, and our grandmother was like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, I can fly. And she's like, I'm sure that you can, but why don't you do it later? And why don't you come down now? <laughs> fly was actually my first answer to this question when I was preparing. I said fly, and then I was like, mm, maybe it's just that I would like to be high. So, so I want to climb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard my pause there. So, so I would maybe it's climbing trees. You know, can I get to the top of a tree? So that's something I would really do if I knew I could. But do what it. did he do? Like, she got him down. Oh, grandma. he didn't. Good jump. job. Good job. Yeah. And you don't jump either, okay? Just at least not right now. I believe that you could fly as well. If, if you anyone can. Yeah, it's her. I but know. maybe we Mother listen of to Larva. the 1%. Yeah. Like, if you watch the movie Matilda, she doesn't start by, like, throwing her friends or, like, catching the person who's, like, flying out the window. She starts with, like, a Cheerio. You yeah. know? So, so maybe well, we start you, with confirm for yourself that you have any actual power before you just, like, you know. How many times I've stared at a window in the car and tried to use the force to to roll it down with my mind. I used to do that to try to trigger dreams where I had telekinesis. Because wow. telekinesis is easily my favorite power and it's like, I want it so bad and then what happens in my dreams is I'll like randomly have a dream where I have telekinesis and the first thing I do is I run to my room and I spend the whole dream practicing trying to get better at the How power fun. and gain more control. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, damn it. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is like d- during my everyday life while I was awake, <laughs> I would try to make objects move so that that was like a natural path for my brain so that when I was asleep, I would naturally just like try to make things move and I would, you know, have more telekinesis dreams. You have awesome dreams. I know. Uh I just constantly get murdered all the time (laughs) in my dreams. It's way worse. That's so real. Like you have actually, you're actually realistically being murdered. Should we go into this a little? (laughs) No, we should not. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Question number two, Jared. All right. Craig, you monster, asked, uh, what's the worst creature to give wings to? Snakes. Can you imagine a snake flying yes, at you? I love it. You like it? I've drawn it. You have? That's great. Really? Yes. How big are the wings on a snake? Depends on the drawing. Yeah, is it like <laughs> are they like bumblebee wings? wings? Are, they like, are they like dragonfly wings? Are they like, well, how do you put wings on a snake? The most recent I've painted is like wings of light, so they're just like... About, Does it have only one pair, or are there multiple pairs to kind of like? Because you can you imagine the tail like kind of just like <laughs> hanging down at the bottom <laughs> with just one pair of wings just up at the top? It's awkward. Fl- flaccid yes. tail. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it there. <laughs> it is what it is. I feel like it would need a couple pairs of wings working in tandem. More <laughs> just wings. Just has better. some wings on the tail, just keeping it up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so things don't get too awkward. Yes. It's not dragging or anything. Snakes, the worst Jared, creature to give Jared, wings to. What's the worst <laughs> creature to give wings to? Any dead pet. Ew. Already dead, but the wings have the capability of carrying it. Ew. 
Why? I was inspired by a <laughs> Japanese manga by Junji Ito named Gyo, wherein dead fish and other animals are on these like mechanical legs, Ew. and uh, the the dead animals have this like disease or something that produces this like gas, and so the pressure of the gas powers these machines, and so they're just like menacing corpses coming at yeah, you. Yeah, are they conscious? Like, can they do Can they do stuff, or is it just dead coming mm, after no. you? Ugh, no. To what end? Why it's did they do that? It's not even a zombie. It's a great it's question. Just... I now want to talk about this manga for the next, like, 30 minutes. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look this up. This sounds very cool. Not now, though, please. Okay. Speaking of things I would like to look up, I looked up, in response to this question, which animal produces the largest waste, let's say. And... The blue whale, when it <laughs> produces waste, produces hundreds and hundreds of gallons at a time. Wow. wow. And so I thought that would be a bad thing to have flying around. Yeah, can you imagine hundreds of gallons of waste? Put out forest fires. But then I thought... <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking... Of, I was driving to work this morning, and I was looking out like at the horizon and stuff, and the sun was coming up, and I was like, I would love to see a blue whale like flying on the horizon. So I thought, this is the wrong answer to this question. I don't care if they poop hundreds of gallons. It's beautiful. I mean, what if we could train nature. them to poop said hundreds of gallons over like the farm that needs to be fertilized anyway? There you go. See, blue whales flying is good. Have you played Dishonored? No. Okay, so uh, steampunk... But instead of everything being powered by steam, everything is powered by burning the blubber of these gigantic uh, whales. Say blubber again. Blubber. Thank you. Um, Blub punk. Yeah, and uh, th there's there's t there's tons of magic and stuff in the game, and you go to this like alternate dream world where the whales are like flying in the sky. That's awesome. Exactly what you're imagining. That's I'll show awesome. it to you later. So my real answer is children. <laughs> like. Any parent will tell you the worst imaginable thing is your children having some appendage that allows them to go somewhere that you can't reach yeah. them. Mm -hmm. Like Whoa. that's very scary, and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Also, we don't need a bunch of I children like doing. You like it? <laughs> you want the flying children? <laughs> I wanted to be a flying child. I love the. You want the flying children? Is that what you want? <laughs> I'm just imagining this world now with flying children, flying flaccid snakes, flying <laughs> blue whales. And dead. They're like tending to the blue whales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that everything would be better with wings. Well, if everything had wings, then. Then everything. I mean, nothing would have has wings. wings. No, but Whoa. that's not true. Just then everything would have wings. How about you, Lacey? Did you answer? Yeah, I said snakes. Oh, you started really uh -huh. quickly with snakes. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember now. Let's move on. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move us into the main topic for today. Today's main topic is fantasy versus sci-fi. Versus. That's right. I should have. Saturday night. <laughs> Can you give us a full, like, you know, pre-fight intro? I want Jared to. In this corner. In this corner, <laughs> we've got science fiction, gadgets, and other tools from the future. And in this corner, we've got <laughs> fantasy. Dragons, gnolls, goblins, and other folks here to teach you lessons about life and family and the heart. That was way better uh, than I expected. And he, I mean, I'm glad you passed it to him because I, listen, you I, would not have done that. <sighs> the benefits, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm like this. <laughs> the benefits of having an actor on the couch. You it know, it took out. you about one and a half seconds to out. just breathe. And then commit. That was that was fun to that was fun to witness. Got to commit to the bit. All right, I'm gonna read a couple <clears throat> definitions that I found. Did anybody else find definitions of these two so that you can 
I found like 60 definitions, so right. I can sort of talk about my feelings on all of them. Okay. So simple. I'll, I'll read a couple and we can kind of go from there. So um, fantasy. Fantasy is a genre of speculative fiction involving magical elements typically set in a fictional universe and sometimes inspired by mythology and folklore. Okay. That's the one I grabbed for fantasy. Nice and simple. Um, science fiction one's a, a little bit longer. Science fiction, often called sci-fi. Sorry, I didn't need to read that part. Everybody knows that. Um, is a genre of speculative fiction whose content is imaginative but based in science. Relies heavily on scientific facts, theories, principles, um, which is what makes it different from fantasy is what this definition said. So while the storylines and elements of science fiction stories are imaginary, they are usually possible or at least plausible according to science. Podcast over. <laughs> that was a good one. <clears throat> okay. So um, I would say what's interesting from our team specifically is like our two major product lines. One is more in the fantasy world and one is more in the sci-fi world. And so I feel like you two who have both done quite a bit of writing on those projects maybe have some good insight into the differences in world building and storytelling in each of these genres. Um, do you have a favorite to work within? Jared, do you would you rather kind of work within world building and storytelling of sci-fi or fantasy? I think fantasy because it, I think in fantasy oftentimes we are dealing with pr like a simpler quote unquote time but with new and exciting elements whereas uh, whereas in in sci-fi oftentimes like the the mundane problems of today are solved but we have unfortunately created a thousand more problems for ourselves <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think that that fantasy has a certain level of just like universal optimism um, that that I that I really like okay what about you Tom I not universal I don't have a preference. I like working in both. Mm. I think because for me, like, you know, we could get into all the like academic breakdown of what makes them different. And I think those summaries are pretty good. But for me, like story is story. You know, story is about things happening to people and those things changing them. And I think that like generally speaking, both science fiction and fantasy take a slightly different approach to letting us examine our humanity like what it is to be a person and our culture and what it is to be a culture or in a culture. But they both give us the opportunity to do those things sort of outside the direct reality that we live in. So we like shed some of the current baggage. Mm -hmm. Like we can talk about ideas without having to deal with like a politician we specifically don't like. Like we get to cast that aside to just deal with things on a more pure conceptual level and deal with, with, things about ourselves and our our beings on a conceptual level without the constraints of modern society so i like them both so the constraints of plausibility in sci-fi don't bother your ability to do that storytelling no i think i mean because again storytelling is about the people mm -hmm. and you know the to me broadly speaking like and I think to most people consuming it, unless you're like really like you're super into science, so hard science fiction is what's really interesting to you. I think generally speaking at this point for most people, the difference between science fiction and fantasy really is just an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like, do I want this space stuff with technology or do I want something that's a little more like organic and fantasy, you know, magical suspension of disbelief stuff. And 
But as far as telling a story, like you're still telling a story about people experiencing things. It's just in a different, you know, the difference between science fiction and fantasy is the difference to me in setting. And, you know, it's the difference between telling an urban story and a rural story. Like it's just different stuff around the people. Is that because, I mean, is it because Tom's smart enough to like make the science make sense without too much work? I feel I'm like not. I, I wasn't no, asking you. Definitely. I looked to the other. I looked to the other couch sh- intentionally. Oh shush. Oh, shush. Definitely not. No, it's not. It's not Tom it's being not smart. That. Uh, I don't know. I feel but, like as I'm as I'm kidding. writing and doing world building, it's like those constraints. I do feel those constraints in sci-fi versus fantasy. Fantasy feels like anything is possible, and sci-fi feels like you have to be able to rationalize what you're doing in a different way. Yeah, I think that I think that one of the primary differences is the expectation that we have, like not only for the characters but for us walking away from it. That uh, in a science fiction story, by the end, all of the uh, all of the forces at play, all of the all of the factors going in, the the scientific facts, the gadgets, the the alien races, whatever. Um, that uh, um, all of them, that whatever is causing the problem can be and will be understood by yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. But in fantasy, the, l- the important lesson could be learned or goal be accomplished without the characters or us having any sort of semblance of understanding of like why things were happening and still have it be satisfying. Mm-hmm. What's the attraction to each of these? I mean fantasy and sci-fi are such big genres and we can talk later about whether or not they should be separate or in one genre really but but is there a specific attraction to each type of storytelling um my thought was that maybe maybe fantasy is more of an escape while sci-fi is more of kind of like a an inspiration because it's it's so much about what's a possible future or what's a possible past in sci-fi I feel like and so that makes me imagine what could be whereas fantasy is like an escape from what is that's how it feels to me as a as a writer asking myself what what could it be is the 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 primary question that I'm asking in both situations regardless of the genre yeah that in sci in sci-fi you know you're putting us in the future a different planet different you know laws of physics and then asking you know what if how are those things going to affect the situation but in fantasy you know there's no codified uh, list of magic powers and uh, crazy mm. beasts and stuff and so like that that stuff can be uh, much more ethereal mm-hmm. I'm curious Krista's thoughts on this part because Krista you like you really enjoy Star Trek but you are like a fantasy creature <laughs> and so like what is the appeal and is there a difference yeah. to the appeal mm-hmm. yeah actually thinking about this topic really kind of brought me into that because I do consume and create in both of those yes. and I don't really I don't really think of the distinctions so much and you know because they a, as Tom was describing really well like they both are a way of expressing these themes and I guess certain themes work better in this kind of magical sense where it's these inexplicable forces and then others like how we perhaps relate to one another as a society or or other things other themes that we're tackling like that just kind of naturally come out through sci-fi more but that is something that actually now I'm really thinking about because I don't draw that distinction between them in my own mind. 
I, I just wonder, I think about your process for creation and how you will go out into the forest and you'll observe something. And, and I sense that that's easier for, for fantasy than maybe it is for sci-fi because you don't have, uh, you know, spaceships you can go look at and get inspired by necessarily. Unless I guess you do it just through media. It's just different than observing the spirit of a thing that's alive in front of you and being inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we can get insp- like the sci-fi. You know, the na- the natural forms can af- inspire that as well, mm-hmm. and also just like our societal like things that we encounter in society. I think translate super easily to science fiction. Mm-hmm. But I cu- I cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I think a lot of science fiction writers you know they just like geeks about a different thing than than krista is you know krista likes to go out in nature and really like absorb and like extrapolate physical existence i think a lot of people that write hard sci-fi have that same sort of drive but it's toward like science or technology or culture where Mm -hmm. they'll look at like here's the trajectory of science here's the trajectory of a technology or of the way we're behaving as a culture and then say, okay, well, let's play that out to some extreme and see where it goes. Yeah, that's a different research process, mm-hmm. big time, I think. But it's a similar similar research instinct, I think, to mm-hmm. what she's experiencing in the forest. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is that you're researching. Yeah, she thinks, what if this piece grew 100% larger and this piece grew into it and whatever, whereas, you know, someone researching culture would say, what if this piece grew larger? Mm-hmm. What if this prejudice grew larger mm-hmm. or whatever? I guess that makes sense, too, when I think back to to Unsettled. We're still exploring concepts, and we were trust. It was trust we were looking at, you know, from, from a sci- with a sci-fi lens, but it was group trust, and so it was observing humans as in groups that, that was, you know, how, how that was born. We can scientifically explain every single thing in Unsettled, <laughs> no doubt. Okay, I'm going to push you on that. So are you trying to say that this idea of being constrained by, by real science um, wasn't something that was taken into consideration? I would argue that Unsettled is not Based pure science. science fiction. I think that's total space fantasy. It, we, ah. we did not sit down with Unsettled and say, like, how can we extrapolate technology and culture and creatures and biology mm-hmm. to come up with totally realistic things that could be... that. That is not the case on Unsettled. You know, there are a bunch of crazy things that we just were like, what if this crazy thing, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is fantasy. So you wouldn't call Unsettled sci-fi. You would call it space I w- fantasy. I w- if we're going to get into some like rigid academic breakdown of what Unsettled is uh-huh. and these definitions, I would say that it is more fantasy. fantasy. It is a space-themed fantasy title. Mm. Um, it is aesthetically what we usually associate with science fiction, but it's more of a fantasy from these rigid terms. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure does. I don't. I don't like it though, because it like goes against some of my structure here. So you're blowing up my structure a little bit. Well, that I think is pr- kind of what's interesting about where you where we're going next, where we talk about like whether or not they should actually yeah. be separate genres. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that. You know, they're both under this genre of speculative fiction, and is that where they should live more than than having these subgroups? Is sci-fi really just space fantasy, and and is fantasy just sci-fi we don't understand yet? I mean, I think that the, I think, you know, it's interesting to ask, like, what is gained by subdividing them and what would be gained by eliminating those subdivisions? Mm -hmm. And 
and I think those definitions are valid. Like the idea that science fiction is something that could plausibly happen. And fantasy is something that, based on our current understanding of the universe, could never possibly, you know, possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And obviously some of that is subjective. Like, you know, some supernatural things depend on your beliefs. You know, could angelic beings coming down to the world happen? Some of us think yes, and some of us mm-hmm. think no. Mm-hmm. You know, so like there, 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 there's no like hard line of like, this is exactly how you box these things in. And would that angelic being be Krista with wings? Or, or would it be John Travolta? Or a blue whale, <laughs> but, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think breaking things down is helpful in some ways because... You know, it lets you find more of what you're into, which is neat. You know, you, you, you know, I really like this thing, and I think things get even further subdivided. Like, I really like steampunk, Victorian, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because you want to have more of what you like, and it's cool to get more of what you like. But the flip side of that is, I think, like that was more useful twenty, thirty years ago. Now, with the, the amount of technology available to us and just like, like the sheer amount of content that's yeah it is not consume. hard to find the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again almost to the point where i feel like the subdivisions hurt us maybe silo because us. yeah we're, it's 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 i think we box ourselves into where we're not experiencing new things because we say this is the lane that i like and yes. it's so easy to stay in that lane every uh, okay not every a lot of the you know modern video game commercials are just you know interspersed a couple of of quotes but the the like big words open world rpg you know multiplayer uh like these 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 catch-all terms uh roguelike um and uh, 4X, um, all these different like genres that and speak to like the corner that yeah maybe exactly a niche it's like enjoys. so in the first ten seconds of this video you've heard the five words in order so that you know what this is supposedly mm-hmm. um, and yeah I think that the the these categorizations help us find more of the same I mean in the in the modern parlance I think that fantasy means so much more than just like oh, it couldn't happen to a lot of people. It specifically means swords and shields and wands sure. and dragons and so mm-hmm. on. And that, like, culturally, that aspect of it, like, plays a big part because that's what your average person thinks of when you say fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's the aesthetic. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I do think it would be really neat, even if just for, like, a decade, like, somehow all of these subdivisions were eliminated and it's just fiction. Like... Because ultimately, a story is a story. A story is about people experiencing something. And unless you're like super, again, like I am a scientist that really wants to read hardcore science fiction, that I don't even care about the characters. I'm just into the speculative paper that's being written here. Like, other than, you know, people who are really entrenched like that, which is a very small subset, I think, of the audience for these things, I think it would be neat for people to expand themselves a little bit and find that, like, you know, what we're really enjoying are stories about people and, you or know, personified the, creatures. Yeah. And, and, but that, that still personified creatures still says something about our experience that we're attracted to or mm-hmm. that we're interested in or we're curious about or we need to like empathize with or, and, you know, there are a lot of people who are reading or watching their lane who don't even remotely consider exposing themselves to these other things, but that would find stories there that are really powerful to them and expand their horizons a little bit. And I think we have really, really, really 
hampered ourselves, particularly in the last decade, with not letting our horizons be expanded, which is sad given how much stuff exists now. Like more stuff exists and yet we see so narrow a thing. Mm -hmm. And it would be cool to see that. Because like a really good fantasy story doesn't do a whole heck of a lot that a really good science fiction story doesn't do that a good like detective story doesn't do a historical fiction story doesn't do or just straight up modern standard you know non or, you know fiction literature like it's still just a story about people and i think we do silo ourselves too much i think it hurts us i keep trying to kind of fight you um in my mind where we're wanting to make this more of a of under one genre because i think to myself I don't want to expand my horizons. Like, I love sci-fi. Um, and maybe you did challenge me a little bit because maybe it's not sci-fi. That Maybe it is space fantasy. Maybe it's the theme more than it is the genre that I like. Well, I'm drawn towards stories about space and other worlds and space travel. Well, and part of the reason that we read or watch movies or play games is because of the comfort that it brings us. And mm -hmm. we do, like, if we have a certain relationship with a certain aesthetic, mm -hmm. like, that is comforting and that's valid. You know, there are people that just really like Westerns because there's just something about the feel of that space that feels really cozy to them. Like, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't also find a Western-type story that takes place on a ship called Firefly. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so... I do love that one. Mm -hmm. there, there, There are there are lots of opportunities for us to find things we like outside of the vibe that we feel like is where we, but we're just sort of locked into because that's where our comfort zone is. Yeah. Wasn't the ship called Serenity, but it was yes. Firefly Thank you. class vessel. Thank you. I'm really, <laughs> I would have been so ashamed 20 minutes from now when that occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good save. No problem. Okay. But are we allowed to, is it okay that I have a favorite? Yes. Like, okay. Do you have a favorite to consume? I, I prefer fantasy. You do? Yeah. As far as, like, if I'm just going to sit down and read something, I typically prefer fantasy. Um, if I'm going to, like, the things that I find myself visually attracted to, though, is typically science fiction. Mm. So, like, I like a science fiction poster more than I like a fantasy poster. Mm -hmm. But I like a fantasy book more than a science fiction book, typically. But generally, like, I read all of it because I really just like stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I also really like, you know, film noir. And I like detective stories. And I like all, like, any sort of fiction about characters has something for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great Tom quote. Any sort of fiction about characters, I'm here. I'm here for it. I mean, unless it's really terribly done. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do either of you two feel like, like you have... Does this conversation make you want to get rid of the, the subcategories and kind of have them be in one main category or do you like the subcategories i think i'm kind of having like the opposite experience like i naturally just like similarly with music like i don't have a, a genre that's my genre i just i if there's something that has like that heart or core or theme that i really attach to i attach to it in in any genre and mm -hmm. i don't really draw those lines but this conversation is making me think okay what of the things that I really enjoy are in each of these yes. categories and um, an interesting kind of pattern I'm noticing is that I tend to consume a lot of science fiction and I think I'm guessing maybe the the reason for that is that perhaps it has a propensity for like a lot of it explores those kind of 
psychological themes with a depth that I really Mm -hmm. like. Whereas Mm -hmm. fantasy, sometimes, obviously not all the time, but sometimes there is a tendency for like makers of media of that to like see these incredible like surface level things like like you know like the the breath of a dragon or or all these things that are visually really interesting and cool but then portray them in a way that doesn't have that that depth depth and nuance Mm -hmm. which of course great fantasy has that depth and I just I love that but for some reason yeah I I do notice that a lot of what I watch tends to be Mm sci-fi I forget what I read a couple years ago some sort of book on just literally like the existence of science fiction and fantasy and one of the things it talked about in it was that science fiction and fantasy and horror like all those speculative fiction genres historically in book form sell terribly like it's a niche market you know James Patterson, like standard, like regular thriller type books or romance books or what, or just like, you know, regular, regular books sell infinitely more than these genre books. Movies, on the other hand, Mm. all of the most like highest grossing movies, generally speaking, are fantasy Mm. and science fiction. And the the theory there was that like the visual is science fiction and fantasy lends itself to special effects interesting and yeah. so like the spe- and that but that most science fiction and fantasy movies compared to books are very shallow mm-hmm. it's just like here's cool special effects whereas books like go really deep and all this other stuff and you can't see it other than in your head and so there's like this exact opposite experience in the two mediums which i think wow. is interesting too do that dance move one more time it's like this yeah i like it <laughs> tom in the club <laughs> Okay, well, this is an interesting conversation. I, f- I feel like maybe my favorite genre is now space fantasy. Mm-hmm. You've, you've converted me to I think to a lot concept. of people will agree with that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One thing that I always find really interesting, too, to, to just, like, stop you from closing this down... I see what you're doing. ...is um, inside of fantasy, like, there are these sort of subdivisions of just how much suspension of d- disbelief is required. You know, because so you know, like with like mm. with magic systems. There's an author named Brandon Sanderson whose magic systems are always really well explained. Their magic they could not happen in this world, but in that world, he explains them scientifically. Like human beings are capable of ingesting metal, and then depending on which metal they ingest, they have this new ability, and it's very intricately explained. So then, when they're having combat or whatever, you can follow exactly what is happening like okay he just pushed that metal away from him so that thing went flying because it had metal in it or whatever yeah where you know so that's sort of this like science approach to magic yes whereas then you switch over to like lord of the rings and it's like gandalf can just do whatever the heck he wants because Mm -hmm. he's magic or harry potter where we're just pointing as hard as we can at each other (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's never scientifically explained like there's no rules to how that works that we could like you know make a chart yeah we just we just see the beam and we're like okay i guess they're winning okay i, I guess they're winning right oh There's they're doing the beam of... harder yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh i adore you <laughs> anyways but that's where we could get in the weeds more but all right shall i pull us out of the weeds we could talk forever but we're not going to we do have another episode to record yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my job to close <laughs> us down so we're gonna close us down um i'd love to hear other people's feedback is is space fantasy your favorite too and if so what are the space fantasy um books that you're reading because i I want to hear more about them 
Uh, if you have topics that you want to hear us talk about, we would love to hear that at orangenebula.com slash topics. Um, leave us a review if you like us. Leave us alone if you don't. Um, that's it. Stay inspired. Expand yourself or don't. We're not in charge. Bye. Bye. <laughs>